uniting thousands to worship one. This is United Breaks Out. Well, we've reached the middle of United Breaks Out for 2021, so a warm welcome to those listening to this New Wine FM Breaks Out podcast for Monday. Coming up, we hear from BRF. Jay Elliott gave us a brief overview of BRF as a whole, and later we'll hear from Becky, who's part of BRF's Parenting for Faith team. We'll also hear from Emma from Open Doors. Dave and Sal have been exploring what our young people have been up to in Luminosity, and of course, our update from New Wine Uniters. United 21 on New Wine FM. Recently, I spoke with Jay Elliott about the work of BRF, and I first asked her to tell me about her role. So at BRF, I am the head of finance and operations, which in one sense seems to be a very long way away from the ministries. But in another sense, I'm right at the engine of the operation, helping us do all aspects of the ministries across the organisation. Tell me a little bit about BRF uh, to start with, you know, the roots of the ministry and, you know, its vision um, years back and through and how that has perhaps changed and developed over time. Sure. So BRF is a charity that enables all ages to grow in faith. And it actually started nearly 100 years ago, back in 1922 where um, a local minister wanted to help his flock connect with the Bible, so produced these daily Bible reading notes. And then churches nearby wanted a bit of this as well, and then it grew and grew and grew and has become this national and international set of Bible reading notes. And one of our most popular ones is called New Daylight. And this is a ministry that, you know, a hundred years later is still absolutely thriving. And over the past a hundred years, we've decided, you know, there's other ways that we can help people, bring people closer to God, get them to understand the Bible more in their local context. So one of the things BRF really focuses on is not just let's create something which is one size fits all, but let's create the tools that we can give to the local church to put the ministry into action wherever they may be, whether it's a large church or small church, whichever denomination it is, or, you know, urban, rural, whatever. So um, uh, I think the first one which has come out of that was Messy Church, uh, where Lucy Moore started Messy Church in her church. She was already working for BRF at the time, and uh, we heard God's calling and said, Lucy, go ahead, go run Messy Church, um, see what you can do in a year uh, with doing this full time. And probably your listeners right now have heard of Messy Church. We've got thousands across um, this country and in many countries across the world. Then uh, Debbie Frower um, founded something called Anna Chaplin, which is a chaplain for older people and uh, a ministry that was started with the Methodist Church there. And again, she's come to BRF and we've helped sort of make that ministry grow. Again, creating the resources, helping um, Anna chaplains in their local context, in their towns, in their villages. And then very recently, Parenting for Faith has come and joined us. Rachel Turner founded that ministry in her local church. And again, we've helped make that a national ministry too. Uh, so then Living Faith, uh, as well as the Bible reading notes, we produce a number of books every year, um, often ones specifically for leaders in the church, uh, which is great for, for new wine constituents, because I know a lot of church leaders come to the new wine festivals each year and connect with new wine during the year. And these these books, a uh, wonderful set of authors and lots of titles, which can be of interest to lots of different people. I was quite interested what you were just saying there about um, those four ministries and how people came to you. I didn't actually realise that, um, if you like, those were um, ministries, um, you know, in in their own entity um, originally before coming into BRF. So how did these ministries come to be part of BRF? At BRF, we've never actually looked for any ministries. Every every one of these has come to us, and you know these these sort of 
almost small ideas that are clearly working in their church and we've gone okay come into the fold we can help take this national we can help this grow and the and you know we don't choose any idea you know people come to us all the time but there's some which we really feel god's calling to say yes this this is a way to help equip the church to grow and to serve its community so one of those ministries you've just mentioned parenting for faith is the one that you're um, specifically partnering with new wine uh, with um can you tell me a little bit about why that ministry in particular and about how this partnership came about and what you hope to achieve with that so me personally i've been coming to new wine for a good number of years and if we were on site, you'd probably find me in the stewards um, reception at the moment, working away there. And just after year after year, I saw how actually the BRF's ministries could serve the people that come along to the festival each summer and um, um, there, there could be partnerships there. So two years ago, 2019, BRF had a stand in the marketplace and um, we also put word out there that we were coming and who, who would like some help and Stepping Stone said yes could you come along could you come and do some seminars for our parents so Becky and Anna of the Parenting for Faith team they came along and they spoke to the Stepping Stones parents each afternoon throughout the conference and we just went there's more need here there's there's more we can do we can really help equip parents through this ministry so we got in touch with new wine afterwards and now we are um, an annual partner um, this summer you'll see rachel helping a quick equip the nought to fours in the ministry there and who knows what will be next year when we're back on site so how has BRF adapted to how churches have needed to minister during the pandemic over the last 12 months or so? Oh, I think if we look back on the past 18 months and how we responded to you know, the, the country as a whole, the world as a whole, and suddenly we shifted everything we were doing from lots of in-person local training events to suddenly online bigger events, making them more accessible, uh, reaching a wider um, geographical radius of people. People who've been saying, we've been wanting to come for training for years, but you, you know, you never get down into Cornwall and you know they've now been able to equip the training there. We've been helping, um, you know, helping support messy churches who've been doing messy church at home. We've been supporting the Anna Chaplains who've not been able to get into care homes. Um, and now they're having to support care home staff on the telephone or on conference call and things like that. And um, one of the things we did there was to create care home booklets so that maybe what the of the services the Anna Chaplains would have done themselves, they've been able to help equip the people in the care homes. So that's what we've been doing. And now we know we've coming up to a sort of a change point again, where you know, things are coming back in person, but it's not gonna go back to the way it is. So in many respects, which we're, we're, at the moment we're working on what next? What does the future look like? What does the church look like? And then how can we best serve the church? and lots of the online um, training we've done, we're going to keep on doing. Um, we're we're going to keep on with our Facebook um, connections, things like that. Uh, but I've got to say, you know, who who knows what's next? And especially, you know, this, we, you've seen um, me talk about how our ministry started in the local church. Actually, you know, we're ready to help, you know, share ideas. Somebody's going to go, actually, this 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 is how church could work. This is how we can minister to our community and, you know, work with an idea and help share it around the country. So, Jay, if people aren't familiar with the work of BRF or they want to find out more about the four ministries that you've mentioned, how and where can they do that? So we do have a website, brf.org.uk, and that's got all the information about BRF as a whole and then the links to the separate websites that each of our ministries have. Or you can call us in Abingdon if you want to speak about one of the specific ministries, for instance. Jenny in the offices will be able to help you. Telephone number is on the website. Um, or just contact us through social media. Our Facebook accounts are very active. 
Great. And and lastly, um, how can people support you in prayer? What um, particular needs are there at the moment that um, it would be good to let people know about so they can uh, pray for the work of BRF at this time? I think for our Anna chaplains, uh, praying that they can get back into the care home. Some are finding the doors are open, but I was hearing just this week that others are still finding it hard to step over that door um, to to get in. Um, and there's a, you know, we know there's a need for older people for loneliness. And, you know, there's also loads of chaplains ready um, to go and make that difference. So please, please pray for them. And also, if you could just pray for all of our teams um, as they, you know, they look forward because they're here to serve the church, to serve individuals, to serve communities. And um, just pray that they hear God's um, God's call for the next steps, the next direction, the next the next thing that they should be doing, um, because we just want to see the church flourish and um, God's glory brought to this country. Great. Jay Elliott from BRF, thank you very much for uh, joining me. It's been great to chat to you. Thank you, Gary. Local churches, changing nations. This is New Wine. And as we heard, one of BRF's ministries is Parenting for Faith, and we'll hear more about that later in the podcast. Well, the Uniters continue to be busy up and down the country, putting on events to connect New Wine with their churches and communities. We've been speaking to some to find out what they've been doing. Hi, my name's Gareth Robinson. I am the rector and team leader, along with my wife Lizzie, of St Philip's Chapel Street, which is a church right in the centre of Manchester in Salford. Uh, we planted five years ago um, out of New Wine and um, have got a real heart for the young people, young adults who live and work in uh, central Manchester. And so our church is primarily uh, people under the age of 40. Uh, and yet we've got a real heart as well for uh, perhaps the most broken in our society as well. So we've got a number of different things that we do, um, particularly at the moment focusing on uh, those in the sex industry and trying to reach out uh, to some of the vulnerable women uh, there. So yeah, really love uh, being here, really love the church that we're a part of really love having partnered with New Wine to plant it. For United Breaks Out weekend, uh, we decided we were going to put up a marquee um, in our grounds for our young people uh, so that each evening uh, our young people could come and watch the Luminosity live stream in the evenings and they've been loving that. Uh, We thought we'd be kind enough to throw open the doors of the church for the adults as well to watch the arena live stream so that's what we've been doing Uh, then Sunday morning we're joining in as a church to watch the arena live stream there and Sunday evening we're having some live worship Uh, we tended before lockdown to have a monthly new wine celebration where lots of other churches uh, came to join in so we're throwing open the doors of the church and uh, welcoming others in to have some live worship and joining in the talk from evening uh, in the arena on Sunday too. So yeah, all the way through, we've got little bits and bobs going on in the evenings to join in with United Breaks Out. My name is Kirsty and um, I'm a member of uh, the church in Copthorne Village, which is a village in West Sussex. And uh, I'm, I'm just a member of the church actually, and also get involved with a few of the groups of volunteers who are very committed to our little church. For the United Breaks Out week, um, we have been running the children's events each morning at 9.15, so welcoming in five to 11 year olds. Uh, in the afternoon, we've been serving tea and cake and at three o'clock been inviting adults to come along to the seminars. And then on Friday, Saturday and Monday evening, we've been streaming Luminosity for their youth evening celebration. And on Tuesday evening, inviting everyone to join in for the complete celebration to end off the week. We found in our church that United Breaks Out has given us a really exciting opportunity to run these events locally. So we invited um, a lot of people, both personally and also put out postcards in our local schools and uh, put banners up and and just hoped for the best. 
the people in our church don't know much about new wine and most of them have never been to new wine and probably wouldn't choose to uh, to go away for a week on new wine just because of not experiencing who new wine are and what that opportunity would be or because of their circumstances so we um we decided to run it and just hoped for the best we assumed there would be probably five children coming to the morning sessions and uh, on the night before our first session, so the Thursday night, we realised that 15 had signed up, which meant that uh, we had to scrabble around and find additional uh, leaders to join in, which is a great privilege. But when you're in a small church, uh, that was quite a challenge. And um, it's also meant that our, our youth group, who, who are really small, you know, we have sort of three or four in our youth, very committed young people, they've been able to be connected with a, a, a national church and see that there are people their age who love Jesus and who worship. Um, and as a result, actually, um, on the Saturday evening, uh, was just one youth member in our church worshipping with luminosity and she wrote a prayer request um onto the luminosity chat and said can you please pray for our youth group we we need to grow we we, we desire more people to be in with our youth and on sunday morning at our church service she came up to me and she said uh, there's a there's a guy here he's 13 and he wants to join our youth and she said to me, and that's the answer to my prayers, because last night I was, that's what I was praying. So it's been incredibly encouraging, um, just practically and, and seeing people come in. I think we've had six uh, children coming into the church sessions, into the morning sessions, who wouldn't normally be in church, have never been in church before. We've had um, families who were very new to the church have been able to come and join in and get to know each other and build relationships, which means that they now feel much more at home in the church. So it, it's, it's been great seeing our numbers um, grow through uh, being enabled to run these events w with very little preparation and very little um, human power, if you like, and a lot of prayer. But I think also what's been so wonderful is um, hearing some of the children's and young people's stories about the way that they have encountered God. Um, one of the mornings, the children were encouraged to stand and to just ask Jesus, what did he love the most about them? And there was a, a little boy in our group and he had looked quite bored through the whole morning. <laughs> So I had tentatively went and asked him whether he felt God say anything and what, what did he think Jesus liked most about him. And he turned to me and his whole face lit up and he said, I didn't understand what they were set talking about, but I've just heard Jesus tell me that he likes the fact that I'm kind. And he said, and now I understand everything. It all makes sense. And so this, um, this little boy had, uh, who looked completely bored <laughs> by the whole session had encountered God and had heard something really special um, that I just believe he wouldn't have, have heard if we hadn't been running these events. And then with our youth, um, actually on Sunday morning in church, a member of our youth group stood up in front of church and uh, her family are not don't come to church so it's amazing that she had the opportunity to come along this week and um and she stood up in front of everyone and gave testimony of how during that one of the luminosity sessions she had physically felt the closeness of god and how peaceful she had felt and how reassured she felt that he was so near to her and again we're so thankful that um that God has used the week that we've been putting on and, um, and the way that the ministry has been made so accessible online by United Breaks Up. It's been fantastic. United 21 on New Wine FM. So if you or your churches have been doing anything special for United Breaks Out this year, then we'd love to hear from you. 
You can send an email to newwinefm at gmail.com, find us on Twitter at newwinefm, or call our message line on 0300 302 3203. This is United Breaks Out. You're listening to New Wine FM podcast. Hi there, guys. I'm Sally Roper. I'm Dave Roper. And it is so amazing to be doing this again. This is great. This is really great. And actually, I've got to say, this is a bit better than last year. We were, um, for United Breaks Out last year, in our room surrounded by duvets during a heatwave recording podcast. We were trying to get like good like containment of you know, cancelling out background noise and all that kind of stuff, but it was a little bit uncomfortable. It was boiling, and this year it's cooler, we're in a better place, we've got a posh mic, we're cool. It's all good. It's all good. But I am missing being at New Wine United we so are, much. We are missing seeing everyone. It was so lovely. We had, whatever it was, a couple of years on the trot of serving on the New Wine FM team and yeah. our lovely friends, working with them, yeah. having time with them, and then suddenly last year we weren't, and we still aren't this year, but... It we are ready, though, for next year. So excited we're for next so year. We're so ready for next year. If you're not booked in, and if you're a young person and you want to go um, nag at your parents to get booked in, because it's going to be absolutely epic it's next year. It's going to be amazing. And it's been really great for us as well um, to finally get round to sitting down, spending some time, watching what's coming out of United Breaks Out this year, and it's such good stuff. And it just makes me think that, yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to gather again. So... For us, life is busy, hey? Very. And one of the things that I think we found really difficult this year is getting the time to really sit down and just absorb what's happening and what's coming out. And so it was really good to sit down and watch The Breakfast Show and see Lee making smoothies... Quite questionable smoothies, I've got to say. Yeah, I mean, he was full of praise for the merits of blueberries, but didn't really seem to actually then use them an awful lot. No, I mean, it it really went downhill from the conversation about blueberries to drinking all kinds of stuff that no one should ever drink. So, yeah, that was quite funny, though. I love that. And um, the bit I really thought was interesting is oldest versus youngest. Yes, competitiveness. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I was pretty impressed with Talitha. She was pretty gracious in her approach. Um, but I can't see that our youngest would be that gracious. No, no. Our youngest, Seth, is very, very competitive. He loves to win. Oh, yeah. And if he can't actually win, then he'll find some way of retrospectively changing the rules of engagement so that he (laughs) did actually win, although it may have looked (laughs) to the untrained eye as if he had lost. Um, But, yes, that's just his nature. He just loves to excel at things. He loves to be the best, the strongest, the fastest, whatever it might be. And generally, he is therefore only really interested in stuff that he can be the best at. Um, If he's just going to be mediocre, he generally won't bother. And do you know what? That leads me to think that at Luminosity next year, he is going to literally volunteer for every single game because he'll want to win it. Yeah, yeah. He'll totally want to win it. I'm so excited about Luminosity actually being able to meet together and us actually seeing the fruit of that. And uh, yeah, it's going to be brilliant. I also particularly like the moment that John got pied, which reminded me of our daughter getting pied. Our daughter, Indy, usually serves on the Rock Solid team and loves it. And I know she's just missing them all so much, missing her team so much, but she just got pied. I remember her being like, it got in my ears, it went up my nose. So yeah, good bit of pieing. Yeah, yeah. So what it's all about. It really is yeah, what yeah. it's all about. It's what yeah, new yeah, wine's yeah. all about. Yeah, new wine and pies. But so it was a really interesting conversation with Daisy, who's really passionate about sustainable living. Yep. And yep. she was talking about coffee, wasn't she? Yes. We yes. are big coffee fans. We are huge fans of coffee. Coffee is all good. It really is all good. It is like literally like it is a staple. Like for me, when we're at New Wine United my priority first thing is get me the coffee. Yeah, new wine really for us is just moving from one coffee station to another. It is, like in between <laughs> worshipping and serving and doing oh, radio, yeah, yeah. radio shows, That's obviously. really important as well. <laughs> but also coffee. <laughs> yeah, coffee. Obviously, and, and the Jesus. coffee. And coffee and Jesus. Jesus, very important. Exactly. But I loved what she was saying. She was talking about sustainable living and she was talking about things like, you know, using reusable coffee cups instead of disposable coffee cups. I mean, she talked about lots of things, but coffee always stands out for me. But the thing that I loved was a comment that Lee made when we were talking, they were talking about flying and they were talking about how, how damaging flying in an aircraft is to the environment yeah but then he said wouldn't it be amazing though if we were able to just create a new fuel 
And that made me excited because, again, if you are a sciencey person, if you're a young person and you are passionate about science, you're good at science at school or you're going to uni and you're thinking about yeah, doing a science degree, or if you're a parent of a kid who loves science, let's get those scientists, those future scientists creating that amazing fuel that is not fossil fuel, that is not damaging the environment, that's not a pollutant. Mm. I just love how God does that as well, how yeah. God actually will create scientists god's interested in church leaders but he's also interested in scientists he's interested in actors he's interested in mathematicians i just love it i love it makes me very very excited about our our new generation very cool so i got really into the morning celebration yes and um, you, you didn't hear the talk, but I was listening to the talk. I was yes. watching the talk and it was um, Jedi Kambaya. And I loved what he spoke on. So the title of his talk was Those Who Hunger and Thirst for Justice with a subtitle of Love Won the War. Yeah. So I had this idea in my head of what that was going to mean. Sure. Like those who hunger and thirst for justice. I started thinking about social justice i started thinking about social action and i made this assumption that what he was going to start talking about was you know getting involved with your community and standing up for the people who are vulnerable and sharing what you have and making sure that there is better equality but actually what he spoke about was quite different to that and it was really interesting to me so what he spoke on was matthew 5 verse 6 and most specifically what he spoke about really was not getting God's justice for yourself, but letting God do it. So this idea of when you are wronged, really essentially allowing God to do the justice side of things, not getting revenge, but forgiving somebody. And there was a quote that he said, and it was amazing. I loved it. When others mess up, I'm reading this because I want to make sure that I've got it specifically. Get it right. right. When others mess up, we see their actions. When we mess up, we see our intentions. I'll say that again. When others mess up, we see their actions. When we mess up, we see our intentions. So he was saying, you know, we we can say, oh, why did they do that to me? They're totally out of order. You know, they pushed in front of me or they took my part or they took what I wanted to do or they hurt me and they talked about me. When we have to say why we did something wrong, we're like, well, I didn't really mean it like that. What I really meant was this. My intention was good. And it really hit me. I just had one of those weeks last week. It was so busy. Life was really hectic. You know, we have like three kids. One's an adult. One's nearly an adult. One's 15. And I'm trying to like move everyone around and trying to get everything happening. And it's the school holidays and everyone's busy. And I was just feeling niggly and stressed and stroppy. And I was just, I was just feeling under attack. I think like everybody, everyone, nobody could see what I was going through and getting really, really cross with other people. And so that when he said that, it really hit me. I just thought, oh gosh, I'm not, I'm not seeing people with God's eyes. I'm, I'm seeing people from a very selfish point of view. I'm not considering where they're at. I'm not thinking about where their intentions were. I'm just assuming that what they've said, what they've done is mean. And so it really, it really, really blessed me. And I, I just thought it was a really, really good talk. Um, you know, essentially, our, our walk with God is between us and God, isn't it? But it massively impacts the people around us. And if we spend all day long thinking that everybody else is bad and we're the great ones, how are we going to how are we going to make anything good? How are we going to be in good relationships with anyone? So yeah, I just thought it was amazing. Mm. So really good, really, really, really good sermon from, from Jedi. So thank you, good, Jedi. Good. It was yeah. really good. Yeah, check that out if you haven't heard it already. Yeah, and there's so much more to come. I mean, there's just talks all the time. So there's a breakfast show for Luminosity. There's an evening meeting for Luminosity, but also there's seminars and talks and workshops during the day. There is loads and loads and loads happening. And all it serves, if nothing else, if, if, if the only thing it serves is to make you excited about next year, Get your bookings in. Get yourself sorted. Actually, I don't know when you can book. I don't know. I have no idea. No, I have no idea either. But, but keep, do it. keep track of it because <laughs> if, if you've been signed up for New Wine before, you'll be on an email list and there will be emails coming out letting you know when bookings open and early bird discounts and deals and you know get yourself booked in yeah. get yourself, keep yourself organised and yeah we will hopefully be able to see you all really soon absolutely and if you are a youth leader and you are excited about bringing your youth group to um, New Wine United next year then get them booked in start telling them about it start pointing them towards all the stuff you can see everything on YouTube it's all there for you to see so I think we're going to say goodbye now that sounds like an idea and we'll be speaking to you again soon see you soon bye bye everyone Uniting thousands to worship one. 
This is New Wine. Dave and Sal there with their thoughts on what our young people have been up to in Luminosity, which this year has been sponsored by Open Doors. We caught up with Emma Worrell to find out a little more about their work with the persecuted church. I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Emma Worrell from Open Doors. Hello, Emma. Hey, Richie. Good to be with you. Could you start by a brief introduction to yourself and your own work within Open Doors? Yeah, so uh, I'm based near Oxford and uh, I'm a mum of three, dog owner of a mad spaniel and um, just enjoying um, getting outdoors at the moment, uh, doing a bit of running, that kind of thing. And um, I'm really passionate about what I do with Open Doors. It's a real privilege to serve those who are persecuted for their faith, who dare to follow Jesus all around the world. What is your own personal role within Open Doors? So uh, I do lots of speaking in churches, so kind of uh, church relationship sort of management. I'm also uh, doing quite a lot with New Wine, which is fantastic. Love, love being part of that and just telling the stories of courageous faith from around the world and what God's doing in the midst of danger, darkness and difficulty. Um, I'm also involved in sort of some communications as well in terms of space kind of making open doors relevant to younger audiences, emerging audiences as well. So that's a, a big passion of mine. Could you just give us a sort of a brief history of of how Open Doors came about? Yeah, sure. So maybe some of the listeners uh, have read a book in the past called God Smuggler. It's like an all-time Christian classic. So if you've not read it, really encourage you to pop on the Open Doors website where you can order a copy for free. And it's really the story of how Open Doors began, which is a story of sort of daring do if you like and and sort of risk taking and uh, it's a story of a guy called brother andrew who way back in 1955 went and smuggled bibles beyond the borders of, uh, of eastern europe behind the soviet union so in, in your work with the persecuted churches around the world where does this usually take you now that's a really good question, Richie. So what we're seeing really is the levels and the scope and scale of persecution are unprecedented. We've been living through a pandemic and you can almost, almost sort of say really the scale of persecution against Christians is at pandemic proportions because we estimate at Open Doors there are over 340 million Christians facing high or extreme levels of persecution and systematic discrimination. So those kind of places would include North Korea, which tops actually the ranking, if you like, of the most persecuted places includes places like China which for a while went down in terms of severe persecution but we're seeing it increasing um, in recent years places like Turkey and perhaps quite shockingly a country like India you know known to be the world's largest democracy but yet we rank it at open doors in the top 10 of our world watch list which is the list that ranks the places where it's most costly to be a Christian so it really is a global thing and uh, I guess we're sort of seeing a shrinkage in the freedom space to be a Christian. So do open doors have a physical presence where the church is being persecuted? Yeah, well, in a lot of places, we don't really talk too much about what we do for obviously security reasons. We want to protect the lives of Christians, we want to protect the church, allow it to survive and grow under the most sort of extreme sort of circumstances and context. But in, in many places, we have an open doors network presence, open doors local partners are busy at work. So in a country like India, the local partners have been really busy supporting believers who have obviously been going through the pandemic and increased persecution parts of you know africa all sorts of places essentially wherever there there is persecution hitting uh, there is the support and strengthening of the church going on in many many of these places be quite interested to hear how has the pandemic affected your work or increased your workload and how has god continued to bless your ministry despite the pandemic Yeah, I mean, it's been huge, hasn't it, for all of us. Let's be honest, wherever you've been in the world as a Christian, you've you've met as a scattered believer, you've done church at home, it's just looked very, very different. But add to that, if you add sort of persecution, extreme persecution into the mix, and it's, it's made it a very, very devastating experience for many, many Christian communities. And what we've seen really from our teams on the ground is that these communities already were discriminated against. They were isolated, they were marginalized. And COVID and the lockdowns that followed just compounded, exacerbated really difficult situations. So in many places, we have just seen that, yeah, the pandemic has had a really devastating impact. Many communities have been last in line for government food and aid support and have needed their church family to step in to provide for them. India is a really good case in point for that. But I could go to other places, Vietnam, 
across Southeast Asia and Myanmar as well, into into Africa as well, where where there's just all, lots of stories coming out about Christian communities facing discrimination simply because of their Christian identity and, and faith. They they were denied help and support, which really shows the importance, the value of us being family and stepping in to provide vital food and aid. So you're working with uh, New Wine, especially this summer with uh, United Breaks Out. Could you just tell us a little bit about what you're doing within New Wine this summer? Yeah, well, we love New Wine. It's always great to partner with them and uh, just love their vision of local churches reaching and changing nations. And you get to do that with Open Doors um, in a big way uh, with that connection. So it's fantastic. So a big thing for us is the persecuted church. And particularly this summer, we're focusing on the local church in India facing pandemic and persecution. They're struck down not once, but twice. And so we're sort of raising the alarm on what is happening in in a country that constitutionally allows religious freedom. But what we're seeing is a tightening, an escalation of sort of mob violence against against Christians and an escalation of um, Hindu extremism. So we want to raise the the alarm on that and get and get the church here in this country aware of that so we can act we can speak up we can pray all of that kind of stuff but equally we're really passionate about how we can learn learn with the persecuted church so their testimonies of of courage can actually encourage courage in us so we've got some content that i think that really does that that spurs us on to navigate following Jesus in hard times, to press in, to keep going, to endure, to have resilience. So we've got a couple of seminars that we have on offer. Uh, One is called Unshakable Faith. We've got another one called Among the Ashes, which is all about learning to lament with the persecuted church. And believe me, they know what it's like to go through the fire, to go through the storm, to come with their doubts and their questions, but still keep trusting and leaning into God. And we're also doing something called Secret Church, which is all about worshipping with the world's hidden Christians, just to get a taster and hear more of the stories and encounter a bit more of the God of the persecuted church as well. So have you got any sort of current campaigns that Open Doors are promoting at the moment that uh, you'd like to share with our listeners? Yeah, so um, our current campaign is called Stand for Truth India. And really what we're trying to do is sound the alarm on what is happening to Christians in that country. India is number 10 on the Open Doors World Watch list. But what we're seeing is increasing persecution, mob violence, but also the authorities stepping in and also uh, being responsible for some of the violence against Christian communities. So we're asking the UK government to actually put some pressure on the Indian government and also really sort of encourage the UN to uh, organise a fact-finding mission to really delve under the bonnet, if you like, of what is happening against religious minorities in India. It's a really important issue and uh, we want to sound the alarm and we need um, everyone who's part of New One United to get on board and be part of this to share the truth, to stand for truth, India. You're also sponsoring the Luminosity stream. Can you just tell us a little bit about how you're working with Luminosity in spreading the word about what Open Doors is doing to the young people? Yeah, well, we're really excited about being part of Luminosity. Uh, We love young people. We think the message of authentic, real deal Christianity is a message for all of us who are part of the church. But we really think this is like a message that young people need to hear. It's a story of brave faith of Christians who, against all the odds, you know, are willing to pay a price for following Jesus. So I think um, in my experience, this is something that really resonates with young people. I think the sort of justice issues are really important. I think to them, they kind of get it, can see, you know, the unfairness of what is going on in the world. And uh, we can present them with, with some stuff that they can really get stuck into. And like I say, also some just inspiring stories of of young Christians, peers, if you like, in the persecuted church who are willing to pay a high price. You know, the cost looks very different, doesn't it? You know, you're facing sort of embarrassment, social embarrassment, if you like, being laughed at for being a Christian. Well, there's so much that we can learn, I guess, from brothers and sisters around the world who are paying an even bigger price for their faith. And uh, I think it's just going to be really exciting sharing that story, that message with young people as part of Luminosity. Finally, we always like to um, ask our guests how our listeners can pray for them. So have you got any specific prayer points that you'd like our listeners to remember in, in their prayers? 
Yeah, I think the whole campaign at the moment, which is to get the UK government on board, we're, we're leading up to um, Indian Independence Day, which is the 15th of August. So we've got maybe a couple of weeks now to really act and take action on behalf of brothers and sisters, on behalf of the local church in India. We wish we could share a video of pastors in India praying, and they're praying fervently in this video clip. And do you know what? They're not praying for themselves for protection. They're actually praying for the UK church. And it's almost uh, a really powerful reminder they stand with us but equally this is our time to stand with them to have their backs to pray and speak up so we'd love you to to connect with what's going on uh, by checking say the open doors website and just finding prayer points there to really pray into this campaign that actually uk government would take note would listen to supporters here in the united kingdom uh, calling out on what what is happening uh, to religious minorities in india Uh, so that's a really practical and prayerful way that people can respond and you, you mentioned the uh, the Open Doors website there. Could you let us know what the address is and obviously all the other various contact information like the uh, social media pages and, and things like that? Yeah, so if you go to opendoorsuk.org, that's the place where you can you know land on everything and follow the India campaign, Stand for Truth India. And if you're on socials, follow us at Open Doors UK. Thank you very much for, for joining me today. Local churches, changing nations. This is new wine. Earlier, we heard from Jay Elliott of BRF. One of their most popular ministries is Parenting for Faith, and we spoke to Becky Sedgwick, BRF's local Parenting for Faith coordinator. I am really excited to be joined by Becky Sedgwick from Parenting for Faith. This is an organisation that you may have heard about previously at New Wine, but Becky's going to tell us a little bit more about the history, the heart and the vision, and how Parenting for Faith have been responding to the pandemic over the last 18 months. Becky, it's great to have you with us. Thank you for joining me. It's great to be here. Thank you. Can you tell us who is Parenting for Faith? How did it start? How long has it been running? That kind of thing. Yes, um, Parenting for Faith has actually been in existence for quite a long time. It, it started when Rachel Turner, who's our founder and our Parenting for Faith pioneer, was a children and youth pastor at a church. And she she worked out that after a while, like many children's pastors do, that you know, you, it was really annoying. Children don't come to church every Sunday and, you know, they're not listening to all the great resources and, and doing the stuff that you've prepared. And she realised, well, God showed her that actually parenting for faith doesn't happen in church. It happens at home. And so she developed a course and, and sort of worked on it with her families. And it's become what we now call parenting for faith. And for the last five years, we've been part of BRF, the Bible Reading Fellowship, and I'm part of a small team that work at Parenting for Faith. And really, our, we exist to support and encourage parents and carers who are parenting their, their children and teens for faith. And that's the heart of it. But as part of that, we know that God didn't design anyone to parent in isolation, but he's given us a church that wraps around us and uh, supports and encourages us. And so we also set out to resource the, char- the church that surrounds the family. We have quite a lot of resources. We have a website, parentingforfaith.org. And on that, you'll find links to everything. But at the heart of Parenting for Faith is our free online course. It's an eight week course. Churches often, we have hundreds of churches running it a year, but you can also view it at home on your own or with your partner. And that's basically got the core principles of Parenting for Faith in that, including what we call the five key tools, which are just parenting skills that you use in the every day that you can apply to discipling your child. And uh, there's a book that accompanies that called Parenting Children for a Life of Faith. And on the back of that, we've also just this year brought out a book called Parents, uh, Babies and Toddlers, Nurturing Your Child's Spiritual Life, which is looking at what does parenting faith look like with a baby? Because we can all understand how we can help a six year old to pray or we can explain God to a 12 year old. But actually, what's it look like when your child's so young they can't talk and you certainly know they don't understand everything you say? Um, so that came out with some accompanying video resources that you can have as a, a like a little course, um, either run at church or again, you can just view them at home. Um, we also have a, a regular podcast where we answer questions from uh, from listeners and we have a bit of encouragement teaching. We have what we call our wildcard section, which could be pretty much anything. And uh, so that's 
the core of how we resource parents and carers. We also want to support the churches and the children's youth and family leaders in particular. So we have regular Facebook lives for them. We have an annual retreat called The Forge where they can come and meet others and, and learn from each other and learn from um, the from Rachel and the people around us. Um, again, we have a whole side of the website dedicated to churches, how they can support the parents and carers in their midst. And we also finally, kind of our, our other big chunk is that we know that when you are a church leader and a parent, Sundays are really different. And so the question is, how can you parent well as a church leader? Maybe when your your home is also your workplace and your children get to see the inside of church. How can you parent them well for faith? And so we have something called uh, Parenting as a Church Leader. It's a book and it's also a course which um, uh, we sometimes deliver online or people can um, book to have it delivered to them directly. I'm sure that many parents will agree with me that even prior to the pandemic, there was always kind of this uh, quandary. How much am I teaching at home? How much am I teach, am I, is my child being taught at church? And Parenting for Faith, all these various different resources, they all come back to one basic principle, one heart behind this, don't they? Um, tell us about, uh, about your, how you view the parents' and carers' role in a child's faith. Oh, well... Uh- a parent and carer, whoever it is, whether it's grandma or, or uh, foster carers or any anybody, you are the person who does life with your child. So, you know, there's been some calculations. If we run a two hour program at church every week for a whole year, a child might get 100 hours in church, but they have thousands of hours with their parents. And we learn everything from from the people who bring us up. We, um, you know, we we learn about how to cross the road from them. We learn about their interests. We learn the skills they teach us. And parenting for faith is no different. So, it's it's all about the parents and carers just living out their life in a way that their child can understand at home. Because, you know, we have a wonderful faith. We have a wonderful God, and we want our children to see that and hear that and know that for themselves. And a lot of parents will have found over the last 18 months that they've actually ended up playing a much more of an active role uh, than they, they perhaps before. You guys have had to adjust as well. Very briefly, just tell us how you've adjusted during this last, uh, during the pandemic. Well, I remember um, kind of there was like that week when, uh, sort of 18 months ago now, when the world began to felt very strange. And we were actually away on a, a Parenting for Faith Children Youth Leaders retreat called The Forge. And sort of at the beginning of that week, we all thought church was just going to be church and by the end of that week church had stopped and it was extraordinary so one minute you've got churches and kids groups and worship and festivals and the next minute it was all taken away and you know I think the world reeled and the church reeled as well and of course what wasn't taken away was God's in the midst of it all and very quickly churches began to adapt and parents began to adapt realizing that they were now going to be doing church at home, whatever that looked like for them. And uh, so as a team, we, we kind of drew a collective breath and and just set out to support parents and churches wherever they were, whether that was with encouragement, whether it was um, helping church and children, youth leaders work out how to do online church, you know, however muddled life is, God's still in the midst of it. And you can still figure it out with God with your kids. And so we produced some resources. We had a God, Me and COVID-19 journal, which is still on the website for, for da- a free downloadable for parents to work through some of the emotions children may have about the pandemic with their children. So we just we just set about listening to God and and producing whatever resources and encouragement that people needed to get through this next bit. Fantastic. And you've also provided resources for uh, numerous ages. You've mentioned and we've heard through New Wine about the baby and toddler um, resources. You've got something coming up for teens. Is that right? We have. um, Again, some of the feedback we've had over over the last few years has been, yeah, I I get this stuff for six year olds, eight year olds, 10 year olds. But, you know, my 14 year old doesn't even talk to me anymore. You know, my my daughter's now well out of her teens. But I remember the teenage years, suddenly you go from having this child who's really pretty happy to go along with most of what you want to do to this child who has their own independent life and thought life and routine and timing so what we want to do this year in the autumn we've planned to run an online uh, parenting for faith course with a teens focus so it'll be the same content but delivered live by rachel turner and 
specifically looking at what parenting for faith looks like with teenagers and uh, it'll be suitable if you've just got preteens as well you're just coming into the teenage years and so the idea is that you can sign up and uh, join the course as an individual but also we really really want churches to to gather their families and run the course so we're also offering an option for churches to sign up and be a church host and then they get to gather their families whether that's online or in person and and watch the material together and then then talk it through as a church so that starts i think on the 29th of september but there's information on our website um, which will take you to that. And tell us, um, Becky, how can we be praying for you as an organisation and how can people find out information about you? The the second bit is easy. We have a website, parentingforfaith.org, but we're also very busy on Facebook and social media. So if you search Parenting for Faith, you'll find we have several groups. One is the general group and then we have one specifically for parents and carers and another one specifically for children and youth leaders. And another one for parents who are also church leaders. So we, we try to respond to people. We're very responsive. If you want to ask us anything, um, we'll uh, get back to you. So there's a contact form on the website. And oh, how can you be praying for us? I think that we will always hear God's voice in the midst of all the craziness of trying to work out uh, how we help people understand what parenting for faith is and how we can equip and support them on their journey you know we we don't ever want to be operating out of our own wisdom we want for god's grace and his 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 voice in our ear the whole time and uh, you know pray for us as a team we're quite a small team pray for us that we know which bits to pick up and which bits to put down and so that everything we do should be what god wants us to do Wonderful. Thank you so much for taking the time to tell us about Parenting for Faith today. And uh, we pray many blessings on you and on the organisation as a whole. Thank you, Becky. Thank you very much. Becky Sedgwick speaking about Parenting for Faith. Rachel Turner, the founder of Parenting for Faith, is leading the Noughts to Four section of United Breaks Out this year. You can find out more at new-wine.org forward slash UBO kids. So that's it for Monday. We hope you'll have been encouraged by what you've heard. We'll be back with another edition tomorrow. But from me and the New Wine FM podcast team, God bless. You've been listening to a podcast from New Wine FM. For more information, visit new-wine.org forward slash breaks out.